welcome all to part two of Press YYZ's Game of the Year 2020. We are your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can watch the show live on twitch.tv slash pressyyz every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or listen to it whenever you feel like it on your podcast service of choice as well as on our YouTube channel. Go into YouTube, just search Press YYZ, should be the first thing that comes up. We appreciate however you choose to support us, including a subscription via your free Twitch sub that comes with your uh, Amazon Prime subscription. But if you've got no loonies or toonies to spare, it's all good. We'll be here for you no matter what. Like I said, we are into part two of our Game of the Year 2020 coverage. With me tonight, as always, is the phenomenal Nathan McInerney. Hey! The thumbnail thespian, AJ Fraser. You remembered to introduce us this time. Yes. Baby boy, Alex Ballant. Hello, everybody. And the backbone of Press YYZ, Alexander Cozy Cozina. If you're listening to this, there are probably some Black Friday sales on. Go take advantage of them. Wait a minute. What am I saying? Black Friday. I mean, Boxing Day. I am Uh, your host with the most for tonight, Mr. Mitch George. And let's just quickly recap where we are in our Game of the Year discussion. So, last week, in the last episode, whenever it is you're listening to this, we went through all of our honorable mentions, the best of the rest, as well as number five and number four on each of our Game of the Year lists. AJ at number five had Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and at number four he had Animal Crossing New Horizons. Alex had The Last of Us Part Two in the fifth spot, and Half-Life Alex at number two. Cozy had Astro's Playroom at number five, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order at number four. Nathan had Sackboy A Big Adventure at number five, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 at number four, and I had The Last of Us Part Two at number five, and Among Us at number four. How do we feel so far about the way this list, our individual lists are kind of shaping up? Can you kind of see where people's heads might be at with regards to their top three? Or is everything at this point forward going to just surprise everybody? I think that we're going to get a lot of surprises in part because we had two of our hosts here completely change up what one of their games were mid-stride. So I think that the future yet is unwritten. I'm yeah, so for those who didn't catch it, I actually had Clubhouse Games in my top five, but pulled it out and knocked Last of Us yeah. down to put Among Us in at number four. And AJ, you made a change as well. Yeah, I moved uh, Bug Snacks off my uh, top five list uh, after I heard Cozy bring up uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and decided, you know what, that game deserves to be on my top five, the little bit that I played of it this year, more so than Bug Snacks. So it went to my number five spot. Alex, you were trying to say something, and I rudely interrupted you, so please go ahead. Oh, all I'm going to say is I, um, you know, most people, I feel like I can get a sense of, like, where their heads are at, especially because it's like I know what they've played this year. Uh, Cozy, I have no idea what's going to be on your <laughs> three through one. At this point, I think I like, have an idea of what number one is going to be for Cozy. You are the absolute It's possible. Part. It's possible I might have already shared what some of these games are on a very drunken holiday party. But I don't know if the people who are present for that party remember what I said. I do. (laughs) I remember most of that party, including the super drunk tweet that I put out that everyone was complimenting me on the grammar and the punctuation. I'm like, that was sent at three in the morning. I didn't know what I was saying. (laughs) But uh, yeah, for those who don't know, we did have a bit of a holiday party within the kind of funny Toronto Discord, which a little bit of inside baseball here in the new year. 
we are going to be rebranding re that and promoting that as the official Press YYZ Discord. Yep. More information on that will follow, but we look forward to having any and all of you who aren't already with us for the Kind of Funny Toronto Discord to be joining us as uh, Press YYZ Fanatics. Nathan, any thoughts on what we're seeing thus far? No. Um, honestly, I think there's a game which I expected to be near the top, really low. Uh, are, are you surprised of where I put The Last of Us Part 2? Yeah, um, I didn't play The Last of Us Part 2, but it's definitely lower than I thought it would be so far on this list, um, based on everything else. But I think that just speaks to how strong this year was in gaming in general. So Yeah, I so for, for... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this is a much stronger year for games than last year. I mean, for, for totally. me, the, the thought behind the change for The Last of Us and putting Among Us in there is I don't necessarily feel like Among Us is the better of the two games, but for 2020, like The Last of Us is going to have a long-lasting legacy the way the first game did. Yeah. But in 2020, and I'm sure there are going to be other games on this list that reflect it, multiplayer experiences, especially those like Among Us, like Apex Legends, like Fall Guys, like other Battle Royales, like Fortnite, we've seen a huge resurgence of this year. There's just been an abundance of desire for strong multiplayer games, and I think we found it uh, sometimes surprisingly in the case of Among Us, or less surprisingly in things like Call of Duty Warzone and and Fortnite and games of that ilk. But I think with that being said, do we want to get into the top three? Let's do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right, who wants yeah. to go first? Who wants to volunteer? Don't everybody all speak at once. If you, you don't, said not to speak at once. Yeah. <laughs> so we're you not. know what? For, forget it then. I'll go third. My my third favorite game of 2020. Spider-Man Miles Morales. So for those who know me, you know how big of a Marvel fan I am. A, a Disney fan with Marvel now being under Disney. I got engaged at Walt Disney World, for God's sake. Um, Spider-Man holds a special place in my heart. Especially, like the 2018 game is top five all time. I think it's my favorite current, like, it's my favorite game that came out after like 1997 or eight. Uh, it's just that good. So, so wait a minute. No, we were Are, getting a, a yeah. Is the same true of the next two games on your list as well? No, I'm, I'm talking specifically Spider-Man 2018. Um, okay. So my, my, my top three games of all time are in order. Number one, Pokemon blue. Number two is Tetris on the game boy. And then third is Spider-Man 2018. Because I love that game so much. To, so to know we were getting oh. a, a smaller okay. story in that same universe with Spider-Man Miles Morales was something I was really excited about because it's a character I'm not as familiar with. I For a second, on, yeah. I thought you were saying Spider-Man Miles Morales is one of your favorite games since 1990-whatever, and I was going to be like, so what about the next two games? That I mean, actually, your explanation here makes much more sense. Yeah, I know. Sorry about the confusion there. So no, it's fine. I've, I've been using GG... Uh, the mobile app a lot this year in terms of managing my backlog and I've got like a top 10 list for this year all the games I've played this year and my top 10 games of all time spoiler alert every game from this point onward is one of my 10 favorite games of all time hmm. <laughs> so Spider-Man Miles Morales for me comes in at number 3 for 2020 because like I said I grew up on Peter Parker in like the 90s cartoon the Sam Raimi trilogy of films like I grew up in this character like Peter Parker is my Spider-Man. So to know we were getting another character adjacent to that, who was going to mean a lot to people that have grown up with this character was something I was really looking forward to. The way Insomniac told their story in uh, Spider-Man 2018, I was very excited to see where they take the character of Miles in this smaller release. 
and it's just it is honestly a powerhouse showcase for the ps5 at launch like alex said this because it was one of his honorable mentions spider-man miles morales is a really really beautiful game like yeah. this game running with full ray tracing and you can get it up to 4k or you can do now you can do ray tracing and 60 fps at 1080p which is ridiculous yeah and that's a uh, uh, spoiler alert uh i've been playing the spider-man remaster a bit and at uh 60 frames per second with full ray tracing oh boy is it a pretty looking game yeah, it like uh, 2018 looked amazing on the PS4, and the fact that they somehow managed to bring it to the next level while still like like it just looks that much better. And I think also like underrated the performance mode is, in my mind, it's the definitive way to play that game because yeah. of just how smooth and it really like it really emphasizes just how fast that game is, especially yeah. playing as Miles, who like I feel. Like in some ways, it's more fun to play as than Peter, just because of. The, I was just the, gonna. I was just gonna say that the yeah. fact that I'm playing remaster now and remembering how Miles felt, there was so much more f like fluidity to his movement. There was a lot, a lot more tools you had out of the gate as opposed to Spider-Man. It is a bit of a slow build-up to getting all your skills and things like that unlocked. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like traversal was a lot better here than it was in 2018 with all of the Venom skills, and the story that Insomniac delivered in this one. Oh my yeah. God! Like. Spider-Man 2018 made me emotional to, on a whole other level of, like, I was not expecting. Oh, also, forgot off the top. Full spoilers for any game we talk about right now because it's our games of the year and we need to talk about all the little intricacies of them. Uh, so big old spoiler warning off the top. We're going to talk spoilers about these games. Um, this The story that was told in 2018 with, you know, Peter with Aunt May and Mary Jane, like that really hit me because those characters were really close to me. And even for characters I'm not as familiar with in Spider-Man Miles Morales, something about that, right. It still hit me right in the feels like multiple times. I'm sitting on my couch or on stream over at twitch.tv slash Mr. Mitch Roach, just bawling my eyes out because it's so damn beautiful the way that they can tell a story with these characters. And I could not put this down. I played through it entirely on visuals mode the first playthrough and then i speed run the game for the platinum trophy on new game plus in performance mode and god damn i wish i had played it that way from the start yeah because like alex said it's the way to play that game now i would say it's performance plus ray tracing uh if you don't have a 4k tv or don't really care about the visual dip uh so for those i know i don't think i think alex you and i are the only two to have played it right i don't think nathan and cozy you've gotten to it I'm waiting AJ, for I'm assuming you're going we'll to wait for PS5 to to get to it. Yeah, I still need a PS5. So. so I think I cannot say enough about this game. If you have a way to play it on the PS5, please do it. If you if you don't now, wait. I yeah. would recommend waiting for a PS5 if you're you're looking at picking one up because this is a great showcase of the system and there's a few games coming out next year. Like seeing what Insomniac did with this game, I am excited to see what Sony first party will do on the PS5 when they're not also having to build a version of the game for the PlayStation 4. And that's why Spider-Man's in my top three. It's hit number three yeah. on my games of the list for, or games of the year list for 2020. How much have you had to drink? I am not even halfway into this beer and my mouth just forgot how to work. Yeah. Okay. Um, just checking. So I apologize to everyone having to listen to this. I remember <laughs> Nathan beer too. Nathan, you want to make me stop talking and tell us about your third game on your list? Yeah, my third game was Astro's Playroom. 
Um, so I don't. Astro's Playroom is a small experience. We've already talked about it. Um, it was on two people's um, uh, best of the rest. Uh, but I think it's a phenomenal platformer. I think it's a short experience. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I would still love more of it. But I think the way it's a show-off piece for the DualSense controller, the homage to PlayStation's history really hit home. Um, like, it was a joy to get the Platinum in that game finding all the like a lot of the trophies which were weirder ones i did just from um just on their own um it's a great little game astrobot's got a ton of personality and i think he is the new mascot for playstation um and i could is this the best packing game ever i would still give that to wii sports but i would say it's close yeah it's it's close if you're hitting Hit or miss on Wii Sports. So I think this the is thing a about, game than Wii Sports, but Wii Sports. The thing about Astro's Playroom is, I mean, Wii Sports might be the more important packing game, but, you know, Wii Sports is definitely an inconsistent experience where mm-hmm. baseball is great and then tennis is sort of on the okay side and then boxing is, you know, not that responsive. Whereas Astro's bowling, Playroom. Though. Bowling. Uh, I said boxing, not bowling. Oh, no, bowling I'm saying is bowling great. is next level. Like that is the highlight of that package. But we can continue. My point is, it's inconsistent. There's some highs, there are some lows. Astro's Playroom is entirely highs. Even like the gimmicky parts, like the monkey climbing and the frog, all those stuff feel great, and I feel like that is really commendable. Yeah, um, and we didn't touch on it, but the speed running part was really fun too, um, especially as an ex- like an introduction to the PlayStation, starting to see notifications pop up about people beating your times in certain levels. And uh, then being able to immediately press a button and be taken right to that level, skipping everything, even if you're playing a different game, and be able to um, go against their time, just really showed what the system can do in a lot of unique ways that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, it was interesting when this game came out, like people were rushing to play Miles and Demon Souls and all the other showcases that came with the launch of the system. But no matter what, one constant amongst everyone's play was that everyone went in and played Astro's Playroom. Mm-hmm. Everyone was on those leaderboards. I was getting seven to eight notifications each time I turned my PS5 back on because of people just playing this game or trying to beat each other's times and just loving every second of it. So it was a nice ad. And what was also nice is that there were trophies tied to the speed running, but you didn't need to get those for the Platinum. Oh, I think the was trophy done. list was really, the trophy list was really well designed in a way that you didn't need to touch everything in order to get the platinum because some things for accessibility purposes or whatever the case might be, like I could imagine someone with um, mobility issues having having problems with like the motion control segments in the speed running. So the fact that they made it access, even more accessible to more players, I think is to be commended. Big agree. I guess I'll yeah. you know jump in with my number three now. Sure. Um, if you are done talking about Astrobots, Nathan. Yeah. I'm um, good. Okay. So my number three is one that has been mentioned beforehand. Um, do, do you remember though that mention was in another episode? So we can go as in depth on this as you'd like to. Yes, I just it was mentioned in somebody's best of the rest of or uh, Mitch's, and I yelled, "You bastard!" because it's Hades. Hades is so, it's so good. Like, Supergiant Games hasn't made a bad game. They only make good stuff, and they, I, 
I don't know if I like this more than Transistor, which is my current favorite super massive game. But Super Giant. Super Giant. Super, sorry. Um, super super Giant. massive was uh, until dawn. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, Hades is incredible. It's you know roguelike. It's every weapon that you get in the game because you choose your starting weapon um and then from there you get like the add-ons of what type of effects and what type of um actual like how your weapon works uh throughout like what decisions you make um through what rooms you go into and just it every time feels great there's obviously some runs like any roguelike where some runs are better than others but I've never not had fun playing Hades. It's also just a wonderful pick-up-and-play experience. Like, you can play, you know, at most, if you're on a really good run, at most, you're spending 45 minutes to an hour on it. Like, at most. And that's, you know, if you want to commit to the, the run. And so it was really easy to just sink a lot of time into it. And I've beaten it, uh, and I still go back to play it every now and then. Like... I think I have played at least one to two runs every night since the game came out. Like, I just, I play that game consistently. I love Hades so much. And just the storytelling and the way, the, the, um, the way dialogue changes depending on what character, what characters have given you items and what characters you're then interacting with and how the story tells itself throughout multiple, multiple runs. And even after you beat the game, there's still more story to be told. I just think it's incredible. And also, the soundtrack, mwah, this is this has been, 2020 has been the year of banger soundtracks. There are so many games, I think every game on my list has an incredible soundtrack. Like, this, there's so many aspects about Hades, there's really not much that I can say I didn't like about it. There's some enemies that I'm like, oh, I don't really like fighting that enemy, but that's kind of more nitpicky. There's, it's a phenomenal game and the only reason it's not higher is just because the other two games i just feel like i just clicked with me more but this still is like so if this could i i honestly think that it, depending on what day you ask me this game would be my my favorite game of 2020 yeah i think to, to add to that because you did mention like it made my best of the rest and it's just funny you've been in a relationship with hades just a little bit longer than i've been married <laughs> which is really the reason why it's lower on my list than it is. Cause it just, it did not come out at a good time for me to be playing games. Cause it came out the week I got married. Mm -hmm. uh, so I played it a bit on my honeymoon and I loved every second I spent with it, but I didn't really get back to it when that all kind of ended and got back to work and life and all of those things. And I think having played a little bit more of it since then, I absolutely agree with you on everything you're saying. And it would be higher on my list if I'd had more time to put into it. Um, there are a few weapons I'm not as big of a fan of, I really love the shield. Oh, the, the shield, shield is, is really so good. good. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's every run feels unique. Everything about the game just has it has that one more one more round kind of mechanic oh, to it. Yeah. Of I can just get one more quick run and see where I can get get a little more of the I don't know what they're called like the 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 pickup to like upgrade your character oh, like yeah, the... so you can upgrade your character and those persist between runs to so you're constantly feeling more and more powerful as the character but you're still going through and having to get the specific uh, perks from each of the gods and, and all of these kinds of things. And I think the, the balancing is damn near perfect for a game of this qual like of this style. Like I'm absolutely enamored with it. Yeah. 
All right, Cozy, you want to hit us with number three? Yes, which, uh, if I recall correctly, I believe was What Remains of Edith Finch. You are correct, sir. Cool. I made this list a bit in advance, so I didn't fully remember the order of some of these. Uh, Yeah, What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, It is a walking simulator slash puzzle game that kind of fired on all cylinders and really connected with me. Uh, It tells a really emotional story in which various characters from throughout the Finch family kind of reminisce slash meditate on their deaths in ways that are simultaneously like comical and even hilarious, but also really kind of tragic and sad. Um, Gameplay wise, I feel like it does some really, really interesting things within the kind of confines of what we think of as the walking simulator genre. Uh, There's a really great moment that uh, we alluded to on the episode where I originally talked about this game, but which I'm just going to go in depth to here uh, on this podcast, because this is a spoiler zone where the game effectively breaks the fourth wall to tell you how to move on to another section of the house. Early on, you're explained that this house you're exploring, the Finch house, is filled with all sorts of secret labyrinthian passageways to allow you to quickly get to new rooms or entirely circumvent uh, locked doors and whatnot. And you are shown a kind of like uh, music player that a ballerina pops out of. Uh, you activate the music player by turning a knob and you see it play and you're like, okay, cool, that was fine. Uh, you progress through the house, you you know learn about some more people that died within it. Eventually you get to this one story that uh, basically plays out like a kind of caricature of a slasher fic. Basically you learn about, I forget what her name is, but basically she is a former child star that is since been washed up and basically her death story kind of plays out in the form of a comic book, an interactive comic book that you play through set to the Halloween theme by John Carpenter. It's it's real wild. Anyways, halfway through uh, that comic book sequence, she's like, oh yeah, uh, my grandfather hit all sorts of weird uh, puzzles inside this house. For example, this music box here, what you have to do is you have to keep turning it over and over and over again, and eventually the key will come out of it, which allows you to access the basement. And I remember experiencing that part, just being like, holy shit, like this is this is incredibly reminiscent of like, for example, the package in Metal Gear Solid 1, where you're told, oh, if you want to contact Meryl, you'll have to go and access the package. And it turns out that the package is actually the video game package that your copy of Metal Gear Solid came with. It, like, the way that this game just sort of, you know, kind of defies expectations and kind of messes with conventions and you know wraps it all up in a real kind of beautiful you know heartfelt story is just real real masterful and it's too bad that i didn't play in 2018 because that could have been potentially my game of the year in 2018 if i had played it then is that when it came out i thought it uh i think it actually came out in 2017 oh 2017 so edith what what remains of edith finch released on pc and playstation 4 in april of 2017 on the Xbox One in July of that year, and on the Nintendo that, Switch, July fourth of twenty nineteen. I mean, it doesn't change anything about my argument. No, not, not uh, at nor, all. Nor does it change. To... Nor does it change the fact that it could have been my game of the year in twenty seventeen as well. Oh yeah, no, I, I was just going to add to it because sure. I didn't. I didn't get to this title until it came to PlayStation Plus in I think it was May of twenty nineteen, and in the time I spent with it, I absolutely fell in love with the characters, the story, the 
the the tragedies involving the Finch family, like it's it's so well crafted. I loved mm-hmm. every second of it. So I can echo everything you say, Cozy. Like if I'd been doing these kind of lists in 2017, 2018, or in this case, 2019, even with it being an older game, it likely would have made that list because I was I was bowling by the end of that game. And you know mm. me being the softy I am, I will bowl at almost anything, including drunk at 3 a.m. on a Discord holiday party where we're reminiscing on how shitty 2020 has been. But that's a story for another day. Uh, so yeah, any anytime a game can evoke that kind of emotion for me, it jumps right to the top of any lists. And Edith, Edith, yeah, I know, Edith Finch was absolutely a game like that for me. Yeah. Anyone totally. else have any thoughts on what remains of Edith Finch? It's a great game. As somebody who played play. it for the first time on the Nintendo Switch, don't play it on the Switch. It's not very good. <laughs> oh. It's a really? great, unfortunate. It's a wonderful I, experience, but don't play, play it, it on again. The Play it again, Alex. Play it on a better, play it on a more suited console. You know, yeah, at this I, point, I, I suggest most people, if it's available on a different platform, unless portability is super important to you, don't play it on the Switch. Yeah, I feel you mean like portability I is Doom important to you. Play it on, on Stadia. Yes, sure. If it's there. Uh, oh. One last thing I will say on Edith Finch. Uh, this is not a criticism, uh, but it is something about the game that I was, I guess, left wanting of. Um, so uh, eventually towards the end of the game, we explore the kind of elder Edith Finch, the kind of grandmother of the character that you're playing as. And I, I kind of connected to the elder Edith Finch a bit because she, in some ways, actually reminded me of my old grandmother in that she came from Europe because she had to kind of escape a bad situation there. And while the elder Edith Finch is definitely a more eccentric character than my grandma, there are definitely a lot of parallels in terms of their passions. And it was a little bit disappointing that when you get into kind of the elder Edith Finch's story, it seems like it's going in a really interesting direction. And then it is interrupted uh, by your mother who says, no, 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 I don't want your story, your head being filled up with any more of these ridiculous stories. So would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that story play out, but I understood, I understood that, you know, the reason why that story was cut off so soon is because they were trying to, they were going for a kind of, it, was part it, of it served a greater narrative of, purpose, of, basically. Yeah, it was part of the tragedy of Edith Finch was how disconnected she was from her family until coming back and and exploring their their patriarchal home essentially right 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 yeah. no right. totally agree with you there loved it loved it loved it loved it aj can you hit us with your number three pick for 2020 i sure can um where's the prop oh there it is it's on my face yeah here we go jory yeah. laforge is here yeah buddy still uh, better than drugstore pete <laughs> My um, my number three pick is uh, a very recent game, a very broken game, but a game that I am... Wait, we're allowed to talk about I, broken games on this list? I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, no, no. no. Like, you could I, say I it broke didn't. into this list. Yeah. God damn maybe it. That. This is, maybe that. Maybe this is the cyberpunk all along. Um, yeah. it Cyberpunk it is... Against all odds, I'm having a very, very good time with it. I am approximately, at the time of this recording, 40 or so hours into it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm having a very hard time putting it down. Um, that, that is to say, it's not without its, its criticisms. I'm not having necessarily all the, 
All the, I did I did get the one really good bug where where the dick falls through the pants. That's that was a, a that's fantastic. a good bug. Chef, chef's kiss bug. Mwah. I loved it. It's not a bug. Um, it's a feature. Yeah, it it should have been. It should unexpected have been. feature. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so so I'm 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 having fun with it, and I'm not getting a lot of the problems a lot of other people tend to be having. Uh, with it at this point. Um. It's I. Th- I think if I, I mentioned it uh, before we started recording the first episode today, I think if I were to give it, so I, I like to run off of uh, in, rather than like a ten point scale or a hundred point scale or whatever in terms of scoring things. Um, I think I you know I like to work off of like a top five, um, like a like sorry not top not top five. We're doing a top five. Uh, a f- out of five scale, like like the old X Play used to, or Giant Bomb does currently when they do do reviews, um, I would probably give it a three and a half to a f- three three and a half four somewhere in there. We'll we'll see how the game wraps up when I finally finish it. Um, out of five, um, I think. Well, it's obviously a victim of its own ambition um and 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 everything and i i we've all, we've also seen that from cd project red in the past right like we all know the witcher 3 came out and was pretty broken and in some ways is kind of still broken to this day so the fact that people didn't anticipate this with cyberpunk i feel like people well, put it on this pedestal of like they gave it so much time to bake that people put it on this weird unattainable pedestal that it was never going to reach those same heights but witcher 3 yeah. wasn't this broken at launch it wasn't no, it was it was it. not this broken. But it, it also was not, still was pretty broken, but nobody remembers it because I think the biggest distinction between The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk is that Cyberpunk had eyes on it as soon as it was announced, where no one gave a shit about yep. The Witcher 3 until The Witcher 3 had come out and people played it, you know, a year after it had come out or even when the Netflix show had dropped, like three years after yeah. it came out. So it really was like people are looking at it way more with rose-tinted glasses where... Where well, Cyberpunk had eyes more, on it. more people, more yeah, more people played it after they yeah. fixed it than they did at launch. Whereas Cyberpunk was like this big, huge tentpole holiday release. Which, if you'd asked me, I I mean, we talked about this when they delayed it the first time. Of, oh, they're gonna delay it again. Just push it indeterminate date and put it out when it's ready. We would have been upset at the time, but people would not have been as upset as to what they're experiencing right now. Yeah. With this game. Well, yeah. Pe- people in general wouldn't so. have been as upset, but. Uh, the investors will, and you know, we, we on Money on talks, the, the on the last normal episode of the podcast, we uh, we kind of got into like in the money side of uh, of it and whatnot, and the influence that has, and um, yeah, it, it's just kind of a shame because I can see like the thread through like all the good parts, and like man, if 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 this little bit worked properly and they they had just put this in here um or or taken this part out entirely or 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 something like so so when you start off the game um you know you you get a bit of an intro mission um and then it goes uh when you finish that intro mission it does like a montage of of your of what you do when you quote unquote get to night city i started with the nomad path um it absolutely feels like 
all of that should have been in the game but they had to cut it for whatever time constraints because it wasn't ready and they just said fuck it make a montage um you know as soon as you get out of the montage and you get into the real world suddenly you're getting phone calls from people who you you you've never interacted before who presumably you would there would it should have been a proper mission introducing you to um any you know in, in a similar vein like uh, all this like they cyberpunk kind of secretly hyped up its uh, cybernetic enhancement uh feature and specifically the so so there's there's um how do I articulate this at the moment? Um, it's okay. So th there's a different different kinds of enhancements that you can get in your arms. Let's say uh, some of them. One one of them in particular is a set of mantis blades, and that to me feels like it should be a really big moment. But instead, all it is is you go to the shop, you buy it, you go into your menu, and you 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 put it in, and it's just not a not a thing you're like the so many cut corners and everything however like i can just see the thread of where this should have gone yeah. um which is why it's not higher on my list at the moment i am having so much fun with the story and exploring the world and everything the retro future cyberpunk theme because it is set in like a 1980s version of cyberpunk in you know 2077, 2077 right based off of the 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 2020 board game um not didn't come out in 2020 came out in like 1990 or something the cyberpunk 2020 yeah alex you have it right i do yeah we're gonna play it at some point don't you worry I hope so. yeah yeah that'd be great <laughs> but um alex uh you you didn't get a, a chance to say anything on cyberpunk i yeah. just want to give you an opportunity because you put a few hours into it yeah um so far yeah i'm about 60 and you know i was the guy who was excited for cyberpunk that was my personality so it far. still is you're wearing the sweater i am currently um, and i i do quite enjoy cyberpunk 2077 like i think it is when it worked and i preface i guess you know i'm playing it on the xbox series x through the backwards compatibility um and aj you're playing it on pc right i yeah my 40 hour save is on pc wow and stadia. i've been but playing I... it on google stadia wow wow we'll talk about it on the next proper episode alex don't worry yeah um but yeah so like i've been playing it on the series x and when it works and it works pretty well most of the time like i think um the series x if you are going to play it on a console is probably the best place to play it um and i don't regret getting it on the series x at all um but it's just you almost did yeah almost <laughs> <laughs> but um fortunately it seems that the the way you know basically it is a just a pc at this point um it runs the game really well and i think the game itself is very cool and it like tells really interesting stories there's one side mission that everyone talks about like all the reviewers were talking about um where you have to go find taxis that have gone self-aware and that, yes. that mission yep. that whole mission arc is incredible it is some of the best storytelling i'm i'm only on like part one of that so let's try to avoid spoilers okay. at least within this group okay I, <laughs> yeah okay 
I, I will right, not go into it. too much detail, but I think it's incredible. I think it really it really asks interesting questions, um, as well as is just a really entertaining, you know, story, like a little side story that is almost in a way completely divorced from the main story. I, I'm not too invested with the main story. I think I think Keanu Reeves is kind of a dickhead. Um, just that's the character though, right? Like the character is meant to be a bit of a dick. I know, but like, it's hard to then be invested in, you know, trying to help him because, you know, what you're doing, you know, mutually benefits both of you, but. Okay. I think I'm just going to, I'm going to put a pin in in this for now. I think we do have to have a spoiler cast discussion at some point. And that is not this episode. Because we have been maybe, talking about maybe this even game for a, the last a, like twenty five minutes. Yeah. I maybe think, we even need a rehab show. at a future date. I think Cyberpunk's sure. great. I think Cyberpunk's great, but I don't think it is, especially in the state that it is in that it is in now, uh, is not worth putting on my list or even honorable. Maybe list. next year. Yeah, maybe, maybe next year when it's actually my game. yeah. And so just just to wrap up, my my number three, it it deserves to be there despite the flaws. I haven't run into them, um, and I'm having a good time. Uh, with the 40 hours I put into it so far. So, yep. I think if we're talking broken, broken ass, broken games, it's near the top of the pile this year alongside things like Marvel's Avengers. My number two, <gasps> Ghost of Tsushima. Here we go. Ah, it's close. I absolutely adored. You thought I was going to segue to Avengers, didn't you, Cozy? I think we uh, all I did. Was, uh, for yeah. a brief second, you thought I was, I was segueing to well. Avengers. For a brief second. No. Ghost of Tsushima is my number two game of the year. You'll, so, you'll have to wait so and see Avengers is going to be number one. We'll Understood. talk about that in a minute. Ghost of Tsushima is so well done, so well executed on the part of Sucker Punch, who have not made games like this before. It is a departure in many aspects from what they've made traditionally in the, the infamous games. It tells a beautiful story of a samurai who, you know, has to weigh the 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 moral dilemma of does he stick to the path of the samurai does he take on the identity of the ghost go against his morals but save his people it's really really good and what pushes it to where it is on my list and i know alex was able to talk about it a bit last week and how he hasn't touched the multiplayer i absolutely fell in love with the multiplayer in this game when they added it to it it is not something i expected to enjoy because it really does break down into like there's some missions you do co-op and then there's a horde mode style four player you know kill all the bad guys and you'd think it's rudimentary but you get the right squad in there the right party makeup the right leveling the loot the the loop for the loot is really really well crafted in that game specifically in the multiplayer it's it's so special what sucker punch has delivered and they did the right thing of put out the game the game was beautiful phenomenal for me one of my games of the year without the multiplayer and then a couple months later, just to remind you, oh yeah, this game exists. They put out some of the best multiplayer content for a game we've gotten this year, in my opinion. Because it's just so well executed. It fits within the narrative of the game, but it's its own thing. And it does make sense they kind of treated them as two different things. Anyone who can should play this. I cannot wait. I've already got the Platinum. I still want to boot this back up on the PS5. One, because they just released some uh, Sony character-themed skins. If you play the multiplayer, which I want, there's a Kratos skin, a Bloodborne skin, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn skin, and uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Colossus. Thank you. I want to get those because I love this game and I want to see what it's like at 60 FPS on the PS5. And it's just, it's so good. So good. Anyone else have thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima before we move on? 
I hope it's on sale in a few days. You mean tomorrow? Is tomorrow the 23rd? Uh, the 22nd. The PSN digital sale starts on the 22nd, oh, I thought. the 23rd. Well, then tomorrow I hope it's on sale. <laughs> and none of that makes sense because this episode's coming out in like two weeks. Well, then retroactively I hope it's on sale. <laughs> For I hope it's on sale too because I want to play with you, Nathan, because it's so good. Yeah. Alex, I think you're the only other person to have played it. Do you have anything more you want to say on the game that you didn't get to say in our last episode? Um... No, I think I just to kind of reiterate, I just think it's really cool to have an open world game, especially being so far into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ghost of Tsushima is really nice because it really takes advantage of the moments of quiet and zen. And I know that's very much part of like the theme and the just the overall aesthetic of the game. And I just think that's something that really stood out and should be appreciated more. And I hope we see more of it. Yeah, so do I. All right, let's move on. Uh, Nathan, you want to give us your number two pick? Yeah. Your games yeah. of the year for 2020? Games of the year 2020. Um, for me, uh, it's not the game I put the most hours into, but it's up there. Um, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Dun, 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 dun. This is a... So, Mitch, you talked a lot about not being a multiplayer guy. I'm the same way. Um, and Fall Guys, I don't know, something just hit me the right way. I got into the beta before it came out and realized how good it was, and then... Um, started playing it on PlayStation when it was free with PS Plus, although I would have bought it um, either way. Um, and I just had a ton of fun playing with it. I mastered the controls, I got really good at it, and I won a ton of crowns. I think I'm at like 58 crowns or something now. So, it's just a fun pick up and play, short sessions, get in and out, maybe you win, maybe you don't, but it's good every time. Uh, Mitch, I know yeah, you, were we, you and I, you and I played a lot of this game together this yeah. year, and I really, really, really love what they've done here. I think Mediatonic did a great job with this title. I think it being on PlayStation Plus was a stroke of genius yep. on the part of both Sony and the developer because, I mean, it had a lot of steam going out of the PC beta, mm -hmm. but even then, there wouldn't be as many people playing this had it not been for PS Plus. So I think that was a really great decision, especially this year with people needing. I mean, I've been talking about it this whole show. We needed multiplayer gaming in 2020, and I think, by and large, a number of really great games came out that do scratch that itch. Fall Guys definitely being chief among them. Um, for me, Among Us was my you know indie multiplayer experience of the year, but I can totally see the case for Fall Guys as well. Seasons are a little too long, though. Yeah, the new season's 64 days, although I think it's a much better thought-out season. Uh, than the first one. I think the first I should one jump back into it. I did not. Quickly. I did not play very much of season two. I yeah. should maybe jump back in over the holidays for season three. I didn't enjoy season two as much, and I definitely didn't play it nearly as much. But season three, the the just the new like change in the levels are really good. Um, and they like there's a crown counter now that to help you keep track, and there's supposed to be some rewards for how many crowns you get to now. So yeah, uh, and I think yeah. uh, we don't have a deals of the day section. Uh, but if you link your Amazon Prime account, you get an extra costume and three extra crowns. I should probably do that. Um, we'll talk about it offline. Yeah. In the meantime, Cozy, you want to tell me about your number two pick, Final Fantasy VII Remake? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, what more can really be said about Final Fantasy VII Remake this year? We, I, I will we say... Have not, we have not talked about it yet in the game of the year. Talk away. True, and nobody else has mentioned it in their best of the rests. So, um, Not yet. you know, I realize now comparing 
Final Fantasy VII Remake to the rest of the games on my list that it is kind of an outlier in that I made such a big deal about how I loved the shorter experiences in 2020. And here's Final Fantasy VII Remake, a game that I did not find overly long, but that a lot of people did find overly long. A lot of people did think was a little bit too drawn out. Whatever the case was, I didn't find Final Fantasy VII Remake to be any more drawn out than it needed to be. I thought it was exactly as girthy of an experience as it... <laughs> exactly as girthy of an experience uh, as it needed to be. And I just, like... Final Fantasy VII is a game that, you know, I always had a lot of respect for, a game that a kind of franchise, I think more appropriately, that I always wanted to really get into. And I feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake was... It was special not just because it presented the kind of characters and plot of the original game well, but it presented them well in a way that by the standards of 2020, we can all sit around and say, oh yeah, that's actually really, really good, which I feel, you know, happen, these sorts of reinventions uh, in the nature of Final Fantasy VII Remakes happen so seldomly in media, and so I'm really glad that uh, we got it, and uh, yeah, not really much else to say there. Uh, I think I can attribute, I mean, I agree with almost everything you're saying, Cozy. It's a beautifully crafted experience. It didn't feel like it took 50 hours to beat the first time, but it did. And mm. it was 50 hours well spent. Because uh, as you know, I went back, I got the, the Platinum Trophy by playing the game again on hard mode, which was a, a ton of fun. I think what comes out most for me for this game, what stands out for me, are the performances. Um Totally. So in terms of, like, Brianna White as Aerith was phenomenal. Britt Barron as Tifa was a standout. John Eric Bentley as Barrett. Like, the, the core cast was just so goddamn good. And, present like, it did for me what, like, similarly to Cozy, I've never been a Final Fantasy guy. And this game mm-hmm. gave me a reason to care about these characters that I've seen memed out of existence on the internet for the last, what, 15, 20 years. Um, I absolutely love this game. And I'm glad to see it getting representation on this list. Hell yeah. Mr. Ballant. Yes. Number two, so, if you would. My number two is the one game that I was super excited for this year that didn't disappoint me at all in any way, shape, or form. It's the Cyberpunk. Only, it's the only game with a big green space guy who actually came out this year. And it's Doom oh. Eternal. I fucking love Doom Eternal so much. Hey, hey, much. didn't we get something Halo? We got a Master Chief Collection updates this year. I mean, yeah, but, like, you know, that's... We got Master Chief on all your Monster Energy drinks. And on PC, and also uh, he's now in Fortnite, I guess, or something. Either way, play yeah. yeah. Either way, we're not talking about Master Chief. <laughs> but, uh, relationship ended with Master Chief. Now I'm best friends with Doom Guy. And Doom Guy is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Doom Eternal is... An expansion on Doom 2016 in every possible way that is incredible. Like, I don't think it faults anywhere. The Like, I think it took what Doom 2016 did, which was, hey, let's, br- let's like, bring back retro first-person shooters, and but modernize it, but in the ways that people like. But, like, keeping the, the skeleton of what people liked about first-person shooters especially doom and i think doom eternal does that so great and honestly in some ways i think it's a like 
it's a really good resource management game. When you start Doom Eternal, that game's fucking hard when you start it. You're dying a lot because I it really rewards you learning how to interact with this world. How do you kill those demons? How do you kill the spider one with the turret? How do you kill the the um I can't remember any of their names. Like the Mancubus and like all of those ones. Like how do you deal with them? Because every weapon you have gives you some advantage over one particular demon. And you have to use that. And you have to use that going at Mach fucking 50. Like, just you are going so fast. And you have to make decisions really, really rapidly to be able to get through arenas. Because arenas, like, they are not forgiving. They will kill you instantly if you make mistakes. And I just, I really love how much it rewards you for being good at the game i just i love doom eternal so much and playing this game this game hurt Mm. my eyes in a good way where there's just so much going on it's constantly just what's and i had to take breaks from it because i'm not the youngin i used to be when i'm playing these games but god the the twitch shooter lives on in a very strong way with doom eternal yeah and even like i um because i played it like pretty heavily when it came back when it came out in march it was um you know you came... stayed up yeah until like 9 10 p.m thinking it was going to unlock early and we're playing halo on stream yeah and then didn't <laughs> because the game didn't come out yeah and you were real sad and mixed up that that was yeah, the did. first time this sort of thing happened to you this year and then the same thing happened with cyberpunk yeah everything i love wants to hurt me yeah. yeah like playing the um playing the dlc uh a month ago or so or two months ago when it came out reminded me how much i love this game like i just think i think it has knocked it out of the park consistently and now that they like it's not like that they were starving for budget but now that they're going to be under microsoft what like and the fuck you money that microsoft has i'm so excited to see what they do next Part of me hopes that it's not even a Doom game. But also, if they do make another sequel to Doom, I would love that. Because Doom Eternal They're gonna... is so good. And I feel like they just have so many ideas, and they couldn't cram enough of them in. So they could probably make another one, and it would be, I think, just as phenomenal. Here, They're going to remake Doom I think, 3. I think, AJ, I think we're on the same page here. Halo Eternal? <laughs> Dude, honestly, no, I... at this point, I'd rather id take over <laughs> Halo. <laughs> yeah it's already halo is eternal already so yeah yeah all right my turn so were you saying you were going to suggest something on were you going to suggest something on doom before i interrupted or did you want to oh no uh i think i was going to make a joke but i forget it now okay cool let's get into your uh your second (laughs) favorite game of 2020 yeah um it's a it's a game that i um haven't put uh as much uh time into as i have say cyberpunk or even my number one game um but it's a game that that struck me in the nostalgia core so strongly um i don't have much to add that nathan didn't already say uh it's tony hawk pro skater one and two number two on my list um the skateboarding games just hold a, a special place in my heart um thinking back to you know when i'd go to the jumbo video nearby and and rent the uh, the newest tony hawk for the gamecube and play it there and it just you know i 
what I learned this year was I I played Tony Hawk wrong when I was a kid in that I would just put in all the cheat codes, the infinite grind, the wrong infinite with cheat codes. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just now I you know, I kind of learned that oh man, this is actually really hard to manipulate the controller in this way. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having a great time doing it. So yeah, Tony Hawk uh I don't have anything other than it's great to add um to what I don't have anything other than what Nathan already said to it. So okay. yeah, cool. it's it's great. I this is so Nathan said that Spider yeah, was it Spider-Man and Ghost were the games you were hoping were on sale? Mm-hmm. Uh for me that game is Tony Hawk. I want to play this so bad. So if it goes on sale into the uh, holiday sale season, you know I'm picking this one up. Can I just say yeah. it runs really well on the PS5. Like, it's super cool. That's where I want to play it. That's why has I haven't been picked a, it up on the Epic Game Store yet. Has there been a PS5 update? Like, did they, in, in like, put in some, like, uh, DualSense controller support or anything yet? Or no, no, no PS5 update. They did uh, update, the, which went over multiplayer and did a few, like, major changes in terms of how, like, you can do all the goals as each skater now. Instead of it just being mm. one group thing, for like, for all the skaters together. Um, and added extra challenges into the mix to hit that level 100. Um, but nothing specifically PS5. But honestly, the load times are like seconds now, where it would take like close to a minute Perfect. to some of the levels on PS4. Oh, Cannot wait to experience that. I think with that, we spent a lot of time talking about numbers three and two on each of our lists. I'm going to say we save number one for our next finale episode Ooh, to our Game of the Year discussion. How do you guys feel about that? I'm into it. Let's good. do it. Hell yeah. All right, I think to wrap up this episode, though, I've already seen everyone's list because I was a cheater who had to make sure everything would look good for the spreadsheet. So I know everyone's number one pick, spoiler alert. But I think mm-hmm. it'd be fun if we went host by host and the other host would guess what we think their game of the year is. So I'm going to start. So Nathan, Alex, and uh, Cozy, what do you think AJ's game of the year is going to be? Ooh. What have you played uh... this year? No man's no no man's guys are no. No, that was on his own. No man's guys already there. Minecraft. Minecraft. Oh, okay. Minecraft's also honorable mentions. Hmm. hmm. I have to look at what games came out this year. <laughs> Cozy, any thoughts? No, I. I mean, the one game that immediately came to mind was uh, the Last of Us Part Two, but and then I'm like, yeah, oh wait he, a minute. He didn't bring that up, though. I think it might be The Last of Us Part 2. Could be. Did you play The Last of Us Part 2, AJ? He was on the spoiler cast. I did. Cast. I was on the spoiler cast. And you everything. were? Okay, yeah. It's It feels like so long ago, but it was what? June? Oh, my God. June? I guess God, that feels like 17 years ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I was a this bachelor podcast has at that been going point. For... I was not happily married. I don't know if that means you were a bachelor at that point, because you were committed. I was committed, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So... Consensus seems to be on the last of us part two. Okay, the rest of you guys, Nathan. What do we think Nathan or what do we know Nathan's game of the year is gonna be? Who are we even kidding at this point? It's Animal Crossing. It has to be Animal Crossing. We don't it has know to that. be. Cozy? It could be anything. I mean, yeah, it's Animal Crossing, come on. Alright. Alex, what do we think Alex's game of the year is gonna be? Hey, he hasn't said oh, uh, I know what his game of the year is gonna be. Cyberpunk yet. He hasn't said Cyberpunk. He hasn't said Cyberpunk. Nathan, what do you think it is? Anything's possible. An anime game. 
just oh, knowing think- how hyped Alex was to play Cyberpunk when it came out, I think that it's going to be Cyberpunk. I don't think that Alex is going to be without his criticisms of it, but I think it's going to nab the number one spot. And Nathan, anime game, which anime game specifically? The one he wouldn't shut up about? Yeah, and he made a documentary about. Or yeah, was it a documentary? It was a native video specifically. It was a YouTube video. Yeah. 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 That 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 was my yeah. Let's uh let's move Cozy. What's Cozy's game of the year gonna be? Hmm. What did Cozy What did he play this year that came out br- in twenty eighteen? He brought up didn't he bring up some Rattalika sort of like weird hentai simulator or something at one point? Played a number of Rattalika titles. What Wait, did he play on yeah, his extra life stream? Uh, I recently Genshin uh, Impact. I played a, Genshin Impact. I actually have not uh, played Apex Genshin Legend. Impact. I want to play Genshin Impact at some point. The 74? last Radalika game I played, by the way, I'm pretty sure it's Radalika, not Radalika. I don't know why it's pronounced Radalika by some people. Apologies. Oh, you know what? No, I saw him streaming some Lego game, uh, mm, some really old Lego Alpha. game. That... You're right, Alpha Team. Oh, Lego Alpha, Alpha Team. Yeah. Maybe. He also played a lot of Bioshock this year. He and did. Half-Life. I platinumed and completed the entirety of Minerva's Dim uh, just last night, actually. Yeah, I wow. saw you tweet about that. Okay. So we're kind of all over the place with Cozy. That seems understandable. What do you guys think my game of the year is going to be? Avengers. Mm, no. no. Oh, it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I I, I, I think he knows yeah. the problems with Avengers as much as he enjoys it to put it in the best of the year. Although yeah, I'm surprised those problems. Yeah, exactly. I, already, I had too many of my honorable mentions. That's why I didn't make it there. You could still put it there. Okay. Maybe and it after. would still get once, zero Once points. I reveal what's number one, maybe the other will go into the honorable mentions. Cozy, what do you think my game of the year is? It's. I think it has to be Final Fantasy VII Remake, just based on the way that you described it. I, I actually, I legitimately, I legitimately don't remember what you said your number one was from the Toronto Halloween party. So it's going to be a, from the sort of a Christmas surprise for party me. we had. Oh, that's right. Okay. Why is it? I'm well, getting. If, I don't know why, but I'm in a weirdly like halloweenish mood at the beginning of this episode i said there's gonna be great black friday deals when i should have said boxing day deals i don't know what's going on so we've given our predictions for what the other host game of the year is going to be if you have any ideas as to what you think our games of the year are going to be before we reveal them please be sure to share those with us anywhere we are on the social media you can find the show on twitter face no we're not on facebook twitter instagram twitch anywhere you can find us youtube at press yyz if you enjoyed what you just heard from part two of our game of the year discussion be sure to check us out over at twitch rate us on apple podcast hit that subscribe button over on youtube we'll keep you we'll keep you up to date with everything going on in the show via all these channels whenever anything does come up and if you wanted to bug each of us about our game of the year picks you can find all of us individually on social media i can be found at mr mitch george each and everywhere you can find me alex where can people find you I am on Twitter at blatantly underscore Alex and on Instagram at blatantly Alex. AJ, let them know where you are on the internet. You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Nathan, let them hear you. Uh, follow me at the underscore NMAC on Twitter and Instagram. Mr. Kazina, the floor is yours. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Kozina. All right. Next time we'll get to our number one picks as well as the overall Press YYZ Game of the Year for 2020. But until then, thanks for playing. Take care, guys. Spike your hair. Yeah, buddy.